Our state-by-state -state look at coronavirus trends is more encouraging this Sunday. Welcome to the Alt-Normal, an exploration of the diverse voices on planet Earth. The wildfires that have devastated parts of Australia. Doing the critical work of rebuilding a healthier, more sustainable alternative future at the intersection of self, community, and planet. We live in uncertain times, a powerful moment of revolution. How we choose to steer the path will determine what kind of alt-normal we consciously remake together. Everyone has a part to play. Let's rise. Shift and support this exciting new reality in the making. The alt-normal. Auto's reached the transport site. Trying to lock on. Five, four, three, Welcome, guys. Just a welcome, welcome. We are perched on a hill right now um, in the garden area, obsessed. Nature is fully alive around us. And my name is Tiffany. I will be the host of this show. And before I actually introduce this amazing woman sitting next to me, I wanted to kind of center us on what this is and why we're here. So today we are launching our first episode of the show, The Alt Normal, and why. We are really excited to interview the diverse voices of Bali that are really doing the critical work of building a healthier and more sustainable alternative or alt future, kind of at the intersection of self, community, and planet. And so it kind of goes without saying, but we are living in some pretty crazy times. It's, you know, we're kind of walking our way into a very uncertain future, but at the same time, we're also living in this great moment of revolution and transformation and how we really choose to steer this path that we're on will determine what kind of reality that we can actually create together. And so we're excited to bring really amazing people from Bali to share their experiences about that work. So everyone has a part to play. So let's definitely rise, shift, and grow um, into this reality in the making. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce our first guest, Ida Rahayu. Ida, welcome. And Ida is originally from Java, but she's been a resident of Bali for 10 years now, maybe more, over 10 years. Um, and she is a teacher at the Green School, which is really awesome, as well as the founder of Seat to Table, which is this amazing program that we're going to talk a lot about today. But it's basically a program to help kids basically learn all the life skills that they need to develop a healthier relationship to themselves as well as the planet. And there's so many other things to that that I can't wait to talk about. And yeah, Ida has a real passion for food, education, waste management, um, and sustainability. So she really brings this wealth of knowledge to the table to help all of us really become more conscious stewards of this new earth. So um, yeah. It's so good to have you, Ida. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Tiffany, for, yeah, for inviting me. I'm excited. I'm, I'm happy to share uh, this in my passion. Yeah, great. So we're going to start from the beginning now. So for those of you watching who don't know what the Green School is, 
maybe Ida, you can start off by telling us a little bit about what Green School is and how is it unique to, you know, the usual kind of schooling that kids get. Yes. So um, Green School started 11 years ago, 2008. Yeah, is it mm-hmm. 11? No, 12. 12 years ago. 12 years. Your math is 12 years mine. ago. I think, uh, yeah, it's going to be 12 years soon. Um, so yeah, 12 years ago, and it's, it's, what makes it unique is like totally wallless. There's no wall, and the whole building made out of bamboo, because uh, bamboo is a sustainable source of building. Like most of the furniture and everything is also made out of bamboo. We are focusing on a student-centered kind of curriculum. We are a community of learners that making our world sustainable. That's one of our, that's, that's our mission. Green School is a place for students to to learn real things like life skills or projects or values or uh, sustainability. And we created we've created our um, evolving curriculum mm-hmm. that adapts to like real real world then adapted to not just the real uh, the real world the technology and also we don't forget the uh, traditional wisdom. That's pretty much what make us unique. And also, as people know, whenever they go to school, and it's like, okay, we got graded and go, we got exams and something like that. That's not really happening at the green school. Mm-hmm. We don't fire kids to like what grade they, they get, but it's more um, like, what is their passion? What 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 makes them happy? And uh, we're really focusing on that. Like we help them thrive in in harmony with and uh, learning with nature against it. So I think that's what makes it unique. And so it's an international school. From um, we've got three years old to started from early years. We started from three years old up to high school. We're from all over the world. I think last year we reached around like. Um, 40 different nationalities mm. and a lot of people actually they move to Bali because because they want to send their kids to green school not just because they live here so there's a lot of students that actually want to move because they want to go to green school they want to move to Bali this is one thing because of that during this coronavirus this would be just we mm. have <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> lots to say about yeah. that so last year before the virus, um, we reached about 500, around more than 500 students mm. um, from, yes, from 40 different nationalities, 40 different countries. Sounds amazing. If I could go back in time and be a kid at the Green School, I think I would, yeah. I would do that. No, I think that's perfect. Just a way to kind of give people a sense of, you know, you spent so many years teaching there and that's create a very fertile soil for the thing that you created next, which we'll talk about. But um, maybe we can segue into, you know, how did you end up as a teacher there? And why do you, why do you personally love to be a teacher at Green School? Um, to be honest, this is, this is a kind of like a little funny story. When I, so at first I was unofficially offered the job, unofficially about eight, eight years, well, um, eight, eight and a half years ago. 
I was working somewhere else and then uh, I met with the principal at that time and then he said like oh if you need a job and um, just let me know it's like I had no idea what green school was like like I had no idea what green school was mm-hmm. and then um, and I checked it out uh, looked it up on the internet like oh my god I was completely mind-blown like there is such a school mm-hmm. in here in my country like I had no idea. And then when finally I got the job and I was I was over the moon and when I went there even like wow I could see it in the real life this this is happening and <laughs> I'm having goosebumps now. <laughs> the school found you. Yes, the school found me and I'm so grateful until now. Like uh so I started with teaching Indonesian, so at that time I started with the middle school. Well now I'm still a middle school teacher there created i started the indonesian and culture indonesian language and culture uh, program in the middle school but now i'm doing something else yeah talk more (laughs) (laughs) we're secretly withholding this so that's how i studied at the green school and how i got there beautiful and i mean there's so much to say um but you know i guess the students that you work with right now or maybe not right now, because I'm assuming the green school is closed at the moment. But what are your kids? Yeah, what are they curious to learn about? I mean, if they're given an education where it's like, hey, what do you what are you interested in? And how can we support your growth? It's a very different um, narrative, right, than what kids receive in maybe more typical, traditional, conventional education. So what do you see kids are most curious about in the green school? Well, that's it's hard to answer <laughs> to me. There's so many kids from a lot of different cultures. We really we give opportunity for the kids to really explore what their passion is mm. and to really also facilitate. Mm. So for example, I can I can speak in the middle school, for example, we have so many elective programs where the kids are they can pursue whatever they're passionate about. So we every Wednesday we have an experiential learning so for the whole day that mm-hmm. like they actually they choose whatever they want to do while well, the the teachers kind of like offer but we also like based on what what the students kind of interest are nice. so it, it comes from it could be from sport like physical or uh, something like technology related to technology or even like getting more certain with the community and with nature um, that's a lot of different array of um, interests there that I cannot. Yeah. What's most is. But I guess at the core of it, right? It's it's the green school. So whatever the interest is, right? It could be technology or something like robotics or whatever. But it's it always comes back to how can we help the child learn about how to be conscious with whatever it is that they pursue, right? Would you say that's a, like the heart of? Yes, school. totally. How we connect it more to, into our region and mission. I can give you a really good example at the moment. Um, one of the teachers actually created, a, it's called um, uh, SOAP, which is, this is for surfers. There's a lot of students, they're really, they're surfers, basically. Nice. But how can we get the kids still having fun, just continue their passion, but at the same time not forgetting what they can do in order to, like, you know, uh, connect more with nature, connect more with the community around them. Mm. That's 
that's what they do. Like they they serve, but they do the beach cleanup or they help out with the community. They actually went to a village and helped them with a permaculture uh, permaculture garden. And mm. so how to connect like whatever passion they have, like how you connect that also with the nature with nature and also the community. Beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful. So yeah, I know Green School was such a launch pad for you in so many ways. And before we get into this seat to table, I would just love to kind of broaden the conversation now and look at some of the the big issues that the world is facing, but especially Bali, right? And you um, are a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, yeah, food waste, right? Um, So can you tell us a little bit about this issue and what you see? So... I am Indonesian and I know what it is like in the public school and like I used to go to one of the schools in Indonesia and then looking at what uh, the food and the snacks that they sell in, in the schools are, I don't know what you call it, mind-blowing, but you know. In a negative way? In a negative way. Oh, in a good way. Um, in a negative in way. In a negative way. Okay, yes. negative way. I think it's also related to the food system that we have now and mm-hmm. how everything is just we we are so disconnected with 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 the food that we mm-hmm. eat and like I can I I know a lot of people that they just they they don't know where the food comes from everything is now um in the supermarket everything is in the market and um and everything is wrapped in plastic and all in the packaging and cans and styrofoam, like just name it. A single banana and a piece of plastic. Oh my God, that is driving me crazy. I just don't get it. I don't no. get it. Um, so I think that this is related. It's not just about waste, but the way we eat, how we eat, what we eat is, is just, uh, it's no good. <laughs> And um, we're so disconnected. We don't know where our food comes from. It's like, okay, you eat vegetables. Like, do you know who grows these vegetables? Do you know how they grow it? Do they use chemicals? Do you do they use pesticides? Where did you get it from? Did you get it at a supermarket, or, or did you get it um, from a farmer's? Like, so I'm really passionate about this because the impact of the food that we eat is massive to our own health, to our own well-being, to the community, and also, mm-hmm. of course, to nature, like to Mother Earth. So when you, these questions that you asked, which I think that's baseline, right? Like every human should have the answer to that, right? So when you bring those questions, let's say to your students or to children, you know, in the age group that you work with, do most of them know the answers to those questions or not uh some some of them (laughs) some they do some 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 they know like some they understand well so i started this program at the green school um at the beginning actually i just i just i just had a cooking class it's like oh okay i just want to do a cooking class i think it's going to be fun the students love it and it's like they learn how to cook like you know because i'm pretty sure they love eating (laughs) but then i so the first thing I did at that time was just like, okay, let's find recipes and let's cook this. Okay, let's get the ingredients for the supermarket. Da, da, da. At some point, I was thinking like, 
really? This is what I teach? Why do I need to teach kids this? They can just do this at home. They don't need to come to green school and pay a lot of money for that, right? So it's just like cooking recipes from the internet. Um, I know they have fun um, cooking, but the guy does be something like when I was talking about surfing, for example, how to connect that with sustainability and stuff. So it came to me, um, it got to be something. So they, at least they need to learn about eating healthy and making something good but healthy, but at the same time also make sure that it is in harmony with nature. It is not harming the nature and also the community around them. So that that's how I started this table. And um, so basically, I started from just cooking class. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you basically predicted the next question, which is all about, yeah, this program, you know, what is Seed to Table and why, why do we need this more than ever right now for the world that we live in? So, um, yeah, Seed to Table, I started at the Green School um, from the cooking classes, but then I turned it into a more holistic um, approach, which is like, okay, it's not just about cooking, but how it's just to bring the awareness to the students, like about food that they eat, because food is something that is necessary. That is, is our one is, is one of the basic needs of human being. And we eat that every day. And, sometimes three times a day if you're lucky right like i said earlier people are so disconnected with the food that they eat they don't know where it comes from they don't know what it is and in so many processes that's what creates this like diseases and everything it's, it's a lot of studies saying that like a lot of processed food that actually really give impacts to to um to human's health um from that, I um, I think it's like, okay, so bring the awareness that the kids eat healthy, but at the same time, um, caring for the environment by knowing what they cook, knowing what they put into their body, being responsible. Here, there's values that they can learn. Being responsible for what they put into their body, also responsible with the environment. So whatever they do, uh, whatever they eat is not harming the environment. So I... A lot of time I do a, what do you call it, like a master chef. Yes, we do some gardening, like um, like show them how to grow from seeds and then also uh, make compost. And then when it comes to harvesting and then cooking classes. So in the cooking classes, I normally do um, a master chef, which which they love. But because we cannot get everything from the garden, we cannot get everything what what they grow, then um they have to outsource from uh from outside, outside the school. And um so for the master chef I normally give them criteria. So the food that you cook, it has to be healthy and sustainable. What I mean by sustainable here is like zero waste, seasonal, organic if possible, and what you call it, locally sourced. So with those criteria and the kids, they they actually really took the challenges. Like they they tried their best to or articulate to, to create something out of all these ingredients with this criteria. So that's how I run now the sixty table at the green school. 
and it's so beautiful, right? Because when you um, have, you know, the, the foods that are seasonal, organic, zero waste, you know, it's not like you can just pick a recipe and say, okay, ah, but I need this random ingredient that doesn't even exist here. What am I going to do? But you actually have to use what's right in front of you, what's available with, from nature to actually be creative and make something, right? Yeah. So it's kind of giving them a new approach to cooking. Yes. Yes. And they got like mind-blowingly, like the beautifully they they're like also really creative what are some of the things that they've made from dessert from appetizer from main course of desserts like salad or like uh just it's like now i can't remember gnocchi or <laughs> something like that actually uh one time i did a uh what do you call it what do you call it that a uh, master chef that they don't know um they don't know what the ingredients are gonna like a mystery box the mystery box um and i've got jackfruit and breadfruit from the garden that actually grow in our garden at school so those are the star of the ingredients i just told them they never cooked breadfruit before and i said look this is just like potato so whatever you make with potato you can just make this and amazing they they made incredible stuff they made mashed um breadfruit instead of mashed potato they uh they made chips out of it they and, and i didn't i just normally just show them very basic like making coconut milk for example so they do not need to buy in a carton coconut milk in a carton because coconut is just everywhere here and it's really simple and easy to make it fresh and it's better for you and since we're talking about this chat this master chef challenge i guess that's amazing. I can really visualize it. But can you also recall a moment or a story with a specific student that you worked with for a while that maybe was resistant at first or maybe, you know, whatever, wherever they were at, but then had this like aha moment of like, wait a second, you know, it's all connected, food, myself, the community is better, the planet is better, like anything like that come yeah. to mind that you could share with us? Yeah, I've got a few actually. Um... One long time ago when we did a gardening classes and what this is this is really like really touched me that you know how because before the kids sometimes they don't know where the food comes from they just like buy it from the supermarket right they they don't know the amount of work that you know a gardener would put in the garden and one of the students actually wrote a reflection and says like wow it makes me really grateful to these gardeners like how much work and um they put and to that like i know now that it is no it, it is hard work to work like to to get food to get food um in the garden to your table and and she really really grateful um to the gardeners like before that they wouldn't even think about like how many people are really actually thankful to the farmers that they grow food and right. Especially when you live in a city. I mean, that's not the case here in Bali, but for people living in cities, I mean, yeah. how can you possibly make that connection when you're not exposed to yeah. green, first of all, but then yeah. seeing farmers and gardeners at yeah. work, it's not something yeah. you see. Totally. And um, I have one specific student that I am so proud of her that she, she's Balinese. She's been in my class for a long time, for, for like a few times. So basically what happened is they can choose so we have like blocks, like six weeks blocks, and every block the kids get to choose like whatever they're passionate about, whatever uh, program the, the teachers offer. And then she takes a lot of my class, my sister table class, 
And now she's, I can say she's a chef. She cooks for her family and then she really learned about the impact of the food. Like, okay, um, why do we need to kill animals and stuff like that? And then like she would go to the market and bring in her own Tupperware or bags and, and really cooked for her family. That's, that's what she does. She actually, her final project, she graduated a grade eight now, so she's going to high school next year. And her final or quest project is uh, around, around this, around food. And, um, she mentioned that, yeah, her, her mom is actually vegetarian, turned into vegetarian. And then, uh, she wants to, she always cooks and then she wants to explore more about vegetarian food and she created a cookbook and really? all Balinese, all wow. Indonesian um, recipes and sustainable. And so that's, that's something, you know, it's like, wow, I'm, I'm so happy. It really speaks to how just one person, right? Having that awareness and then allowing that to ripple out into the family and into the community can start to plant seeds into other people's minds like hmm maybe i eat an all-meat diet but you know what's this about you know jack being pulled pork you know and, and those types of conversations like do you see that happening a lot like once one of your students plants that seed you start to see a ripple effect into their immediate environment and the people around them yeah totally like sometimes you make something like for example, we made a coconut milk panna cotta, for example. We use coconut milk instead of dairy. It's like I told them, like, okay, we do not have dairy farm in Bali, and then we do not need to use dairy, and let's just use coconut milk, for example. And and they learn how to make, like, dessert out of it, and it is really good, and they, they're happy about it. And then they just share with their friends. I think that's, that's what I said, like, oh, this made out of, like, there's no dairy in this. And I think that kind of effects, like, okay, Plant-based milk is not always bad. It's, 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 you know, it's not worse than, uh, dairy milk or something like that. Just to bring, because a lot of students are actually, um, it's, it's still hard. Like, this is my problem, especially, um, with this, uh, the students at this age is like, it's hard to get them understand they're not all vegan. They're not all vegetarian and, like their mindset of the food for them is like what they had in the country before and like bringing in all these imported products and something like cooking those instead of like using the local it's it's challenging but um i believe in like slowly but what it what i feel really important here is like just doing it slowly but they will get the message can't change overnight but you can it's a Definitely. lifelong process Definitely. And I have faith. <laughs> so with that knowledge of, you know, your students that are becoming curious wherever they are along the journey, um, what are what are some like life skills or values that you feel like they really walk away with that they didn't come in with? To be more connected with the food they eat and like I really understand and really understanding what is the impact of this food, especially with themselves of course, but with nature. Like I've learned like some students are actually really trying to not to to just be wise to choose what they what ingredients they need. For example, instead of going to the supermarket and then um, 
let's go to the local market instead of using the packaging. So this this is one step already. Like you might still use imported stuff, but um, okay, but how can we just like minimize the packaging? It's making more of a connection beyond just the food. It's like, hey, where did this food come from and how can we help the environment by just, you know, cutting down on transport, you yeah. know, carbon emissions. Yes. And, you know, really supporting the farmers here. We know them. Yeah. We see them. Let's support them. Kind of thing. Right? Yeah. 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 Basically, I would love to also, because I know Seat to Table started at the Green School, but since then, um, you've, you've scaled to table right it's not just at the green school anymore right so can you tell us a little bit about why you wanted to bring it outside of green school what was the main motivation and what has the impact been i feel so lucky that i learned um i got the opportunity to work at the green school yeah and whatever they learn whatever the kids learn it's just mind-blowing it's it's amazing like how we how we make this community how, how we make this community as a community of learners make our world sustainable is amazing unfortunately i this is not what most of the balinese or indonesians um get in their school so at the green school i learned so much i learned from the community i learned from the students i learned from everyone actually and then right it's time to give back I want to bring this kind of education to to the Balinese, and I really believe the Balinese is the is is the ones who actually own the island. The Green School students they will eventually leave the country. They will leave the island, but Balinese is the future of this island. This is why I'm really passionate about bringing this type of education to the local community to the local schools because i'm really passionate about food and this is what i want to bring and through that i'm pretty sure it will it will help the education and also some environmental issues in bali that's beautiful you know like to see you as kind of a bridge person um, <laughs> between right the international community within the green school and the resources that have been afforded to them but also you know, taking that knowledge and all of the creativity that went into this program and, like you said, giving back um, and helping to empower everyone to make that connection with themselves, the community, and the land. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, any, like, moments or stories of, yeah, yeah just seeing the, the power of, right, giving back and, and how that was reflected back from a local or a Balinese student? just to kind of give us a little visual of, of yeah. how that played out. Just to add a little bit, I'm maybe the bridge of uh, the Green School into the local, but we actually at the Green School, we've got, this is something that I forgot to mention in the beginning, we've actually got a, uh, local schoolers. So around 40, 40 students are, they, they get scholarship at the Green School and they can go to the Green School there. They're, um, they can, Come, like depends on when they come, but they can continue being in the green school until high school. So that is already so green school already give impact to the community. And then we've got uh, English courses that have like transfer class. We've got like around four hundred students uh, on that. We call it Coco Connection. So we already reach some uh, local students here in Bali. 
and I'm kind of like another one that wants to reach even more. What I do, so I developed a, the sister table program, which is slightly different from what I do at the Green School. Because at the Green School, we already have the waste management and we have like the composting system and stuff. The, the students still learn about that. But in the local schools, I really also focusing on that uh, element. So the sister table, there are four elements in it, which is waste management, gardening, like growing food and cooking and as well as composting. So these four elements of the sister table. So when I bring it to the local schools, these local schools should have the waste management and uh, the edible garden that have cooking classes and also composting system. Why is this four elements? Because the idea of sister table is actually um, is around the waste. So you mentioned like, okay, waste. Basically, there's so many plastic problems. There's a lot of waste problem at the moment, all over the world, basically. But this waste, actually, a lot of it comes from our food and drinks. Two thirds of all of the packagings, every like not just from food, and two thirds of all of it actually comes from our food and drinks. So that's 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 how much that's the impact of our food to the environment let alone the uh, chemical or the transporting. And there's, there's so much impact of it. It's, it's, it's really big. Yeah. And it's something that we eat every day, something that we do every day, and right. we cannot live without it, right? Right. right? So, yeah, so in the local school, I'm really focusing on a waste management, which most of the school, they don't have it. And the waste management in Bali is really not developed well yet. So the understanding, like separating waste and something like that, and like where do the waste recycling, it doesn't really exist. It's now starting this, uh, uh, what do you call it, the waste bank, something like that. So there's some school, there's some, uh, I think in Badung, they, um, they're, they're doing that. But in the local schools, there are still a lot of schools that, that, that do not have that. Back to the sister table, the waste, why uh, the idea is like minimizing waste, because I believe that recycling is not the best solution. So by teaching these kids to like, OK, I know we collect the waste, we separate them, we recycle them. But there's something better that we could do around that, which is let's just not use them. Let's just not use them in the first place. So instead of reusing, recycling, let's reduce. If we could, let's just say no at all. It will take a long time, but yes. So by growing their own food and cooking their own meal, it's life skills that every student, I would say actually not just students, every human. <laughs> right. We need to learn. This is a skill that uh, everyone needs to have. Yeah so many simple ways that we can really all do our part to help with the environment and the food choices that we make. And so with that, I'd like to segue um, into now like this new kind of like alternative normal that we're in, right? Since, I mean, it goes without saying, right? We are in a really intense world crisis right now on every level. With that understanding, what do you feel like, in what ways does culture need to shift you've spoken a little bit about this but shift in order to support the growth of humanity 
in this direction that we're talking about, where people really start to wake up and understand the role that they can and should play. What way should culture shift? Just connect, connect more with the food that you eat. And then add very simple and, and like really think about the impact of it to your own body, to just as individual, to your own body and then to the environment. Like, um, where did you get your food? Where, like, what packaging? Do you use any packaging? What do you do with those waste? Do you compost? Do you grow your own food? Um, so just think about it. Just connect, connect more with the food or drink that you have. So I think if we all just think that way, um, so that the big corporations, which is one of the, a uh, big issue, <laughs> like in our food system. I think that is the most powerful way to tackle all that. Just start from yourself, knowing where your food comes from. If you do not grow it yourself, like where, where does it come from? Who grows that? Do you use chemical? Because if you don't buy organic, for example, it's not only you supporting farmers that depleting our soil, but also you are risking your health. So, yeah, it's, it's a very powerful message, yet the solutions are so simple if we choose to really own it and know that we don't have to change overnight, but these take baby steps, you know, and the Steve Table program is really helping to shape the future minds that are going to pass this knowledge on. And so I just, again, want to center back on being in Bali specifically at this time since you've been here when COVID hit. Um, and how do you feel like being in Bali specifically at this time has really helped you to ask the important question and think about how you want to rebuild this this future? Yeah. It's like a little love letter to Bali right now. <laughs> Thank you, Bali. For... Um, oh, my God. I love Bali. I'm actually in love with Bali. Uh, this is the reason why I'm doing this is this is actually my gratitude. Like I'm not from Bali. I'm from Java, but I've lived here and I've fallen in love. And my gratitude to Bali is to share the knowledge that I have, that I got from Queensville, from the community around me, that I want to share to the Balinese for the future of Bali. This is my gratitude. Yeah, that's beautiful. Um, I'm in love with Bali. I can say the same as well. And thank you for putting words to that. I think it's important for even the people here to, you know, remember, you know, what kind of abundance we have, how that supports the work that we do. Did you want to say one more thing about that? Uh, I, I was going to say, wait, what was your question again? Uh, like, like during the COVID? Ah, right. Like how has being in Bali specifically during these times really helped you do this important work and i say work like very broadly speaking all the things that you do to help build a better future during this COVID, actually i've got more time <laughs> to really reflect on what i've been doing and um and also like plan ahead like what can i do now and i started thinking so i talked to at the moment we i have already like some schools with Last year, is it last year? Two years ago, I trained some teachers from the local school so that they can run the sushi table in their in their school. But during this coronavirus time, is I thought like, oh my god, what, what's going to happen? It's not going to happen during this time. And I talked to them, and it's so amazing. They actually 
still doing it during this time, even though their kids are doing distance learning and they give just very simple, this is very simple, start growing in the garden, but just like a pot, like just tomato plant. And then this is what they do. Like, I didn't know, I didn't know that just like, they understand the concept of this table. And then during this corona, the creative way is like, okay, get the kids to actually grow and make a video and they send it to me. The kids are making, making a video of growing and then harvesting and cooking. And they send it to me, that's brilliant. And this is like, this kind of food education is really important at this kind of time. I just read the news, you know, actually I didn't read the news, I just read the headline uh, that in Hong Kong and also in the Philippines, I think, yeah, that they shut down all the, the restaurants. And for those, there are actually some people that they don't cook at all. They always eat out there and they, they really depend on the restaurants or the vendors, they they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. So this is why it is really important in food education to be part of our education, to be part of the curriculum, because so that they do not lose the skills. They might know how to do it, but they're just losing it. Their family might have taught them, but they're losing it because because they become disconnected, because everything is prepared by someone else. Everything is served by someone else. So this kind of skills are fading in our community. That's why I really believe that this is something that I need to work on even harder, so that in this time of crisis, it's actually helpful um, for everyone. Amazing. And just to close, if you can leave our audience, um, thank you guys so much for listening and joining in with one important message, simple message or simple question that they can reflect on beyond this conversation. What would it be? Okay. This is my favorite um, line, I don't know, quote. I don't know if it's a quote, but I came across to this line that Whatever you do, every single thing you do, it has impact. It does have impact. Every single thing. But what we can do is make it possible. Drinking water, very simple, but make positive impact out of it. If you drink water from a bottle, plastic bottle, then it will have a bigger impact. It will have a negative impact, but if you just get water, filter water, refill your water bottles. So that's what I mean. It's just very little small things. Beautiful. It has impacts on everything. That's that's what I want to share. Wow. Thank you so much, Ida, for all of your yeah, wisdom. I think you bring a very a very approachable and simple lens to look at a very complex and big issue. And I think we need voices like yours to help educate people in the simple and accessible ways they can make small changes. So I've certainly taken a lot from this conversation and I really hope that you enjoyed as much as I did. And, um, you know, for you guys watching, um, you know, we'll include um, some more information about Ida and her program in the show notes. And yeah, stay tuned for next week. Um, we'll have another guest on the show. And until then, thanks again so much, Ida. Thank you. And I really hope this is useful for 
everyone. Thank you. Thank you for watching. <laughs> the Alt Normal. Thanks for tuning in to The Alt Normal. I'm your host, Tiffany Wen, and this show is produced by Resonance, the creative practice of dig, seed, grow.